Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, Go with me to John 17. and We want to continue with this that we've been looking at, Carriers of the Glory. A couple of things real quick. Of course, you saw, uh, if you were here this morning in the announcements, uh, Pastor Caldwell will be with us this coming up Sunday evening. Uh, we're excited about that. And some things that are already on our calendar for the year, we've already, uh, uh, Brother Jerry will be with us this year in this location, both locations. We're working on the Kansas location. And uh, then we have a couple of friends of ours from uh, uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, that are that are coming, uh, Jay and Debbie Everly, they're going to be with us this year. Uh, we've got just a lot going on, so keep your faith out there, amen? Glory to God. The Lord said something to me, and uh, uh, at, at first I kind of hesitated to, to talk about it, but the Lord said something to me, and he said this to me consistently. And I was praying the other day, and he said to me, he said, uh, he was talking to me about some things that have been rolling around in my spirit about our churches, and he said to me, he said, I want you to cover Arkansas. And uh, so, of course, I was in agreement, but I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, what about you know, I mean, the, you know, the, 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 the Kansas location. I said, you know, I'm, I'm here in Arkansas, and I'm, we're working in both locations. And the Lord said to me, he said, that location will flourish as you do what I ask you to do in Arkansas. And that's, that's not just with our television ministry. That's with covering Arkansas with faith builders. And so that's what we're going to do. And... Uh, we're just believing God, amen? Got nothing better to do with my life. Just what he wants me to do, amen? And uh, we got the rest of our life to do it. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So say, say this out loud. Say, Lord, I believe that we will cover Arkansas in Jesus' name. Amen. John 17, we're talking about being carriers of the glory and uh, we're going to continue to look at some of these things, how that God qualified us to carry the glory. Because uh, before I was born again, I didn't qualify. Uh, but in John chapter 17, beginning around uh, verse 20, Jesus is praying here. And this is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, generally, uh, we think of him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just praying, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. This entire prayer is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying on the, the last night of his earthly life. He's praying here. And he begins to pray in verse 20. And he says, neither do I pray for these alone. These are the disciples that were with him. 
but for them also which will believe on me through your word. So that's us. All right, he was praying for us. So Jesus was praying for you over 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Neither, notice that they all may be one, as you, Father, now watch, notice this progression, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. So notice the glory that you gave me. Where did that glory come from? Out of the Father. So the Father gave His glory to Jesus. And then notice Jesus says, that same glory I have given them. For what purpose? That they may be one even as we are one. So he says, the same glory that was in the Father, that was in me, I'm giving them, and it's going to be a uniting factor, and they're all going to be one in the glory. Hallelujah. The glory produces unity. When, if, when, when you look at the building of the house of God in, in the Old Testament, the glory of God fell upon that building, and it fell on the building for two reasons. The honor shown by Solomon and the unity of the people. The, the glory produces uni, unity. Hallelujah. So the same glory that the Father gave Jesus, Jesus gave us. The same glory. Not a different glory. The same glory. That same weightiness, that same, that same ability. And the Father has qualified us to be carriers of the glory. I had to be qualified. Because before I was born again, I was dead in trespasses and sin. I was, I was an enemy, the Bible says, of God. I didn't qualify because I had not become His temple. I had not become His dwelling place. I had not yet become the holy of holies. Amen. I was dead in trespasses and sin. I was, I was away from God. I was a stranger to the covenants of promises. I was an alien. I was without hope, not having God in the world. But, but when He saved me, He qualified me. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, look at Colossians chapter 1. And verse 12. Hallelujah. Colossians 1 and verse 12. See, what Jesus has made us through the blood has qualified us. When we say, what qualified us? The easy answer is the blood, the price that Jesus paid. But there are things that happen that qualified us. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. I want to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Because he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. He qualified us to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints. 
Part of our inheritance is the glory. And notice, God had to qualify me for that. And he said, God qualified me and made us fit, made us able to what? To qualify for the inheritance of the saints in the light, God's holy people. God set apart people. God's people that are set apart for a purpose. When we think the purpose that we're set apart for, very often we think what we're called to or what the anointing is on our life. Our purpose in the earth is to be a carrier of the glory. That's the purpose. Amen. And it says, God qualified me for that. Now, over and over again in the verses that we read tonight, you're going to see that God did something. God put, God made, God caused, God called. All right? It's, It's all based on Him. I couldn't qualify myself, you couldn't qualify yourself. On your best day, you didn't qualify. Your works didn't qualify you. Running back and to the church didn't qualify you. Knowing what the Bible said didn't qualify you. I, at some point, I had to to receive what Christ had done, and the moment I received it, I was qualified. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? That, that, that's why when you hear people talk about themselves like they're sinners, and you hear people talk about themselves like they don't qualify, amen, that not, 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 not only do they not know who they are, they're making light of what God did for them. You want to make much of your salvation. Why? Because the Bible says it's such a great salvation. It's such a huge salvation. It covers so much. You were not only saved from hell, if that's all you were saved from, praise God, you're not going there. But you're not only not going to hell, you qualify as a carrier of the glory. In the earth. Same glory that Jesus carried. Same glory. Oh, Notice chapter 1 there of Colossians verse 27. To whom God would make known What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Now, I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible because very often when people think the hope of glory, we think glory is heaven. When we all get to glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory, the hope of me going to heaven. Mm -mm, It's not what it means. The Amplified Bible says, To whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of realizing the glory. That's the mystery. I can realize the glory. I can carry the glory. Oh, hallelujah. The mystery revealed to the Gentiles was that after they received Christ, they were qualified to carry the glory. That's why Paul said over and over in his writings, there's neither male nor female, there's not Jew or Greek, there's not bond or free, but Christ is all. Christ is all. We're all one in Christ. Why? The uniting factor of two things. 
the blood of Jesus and the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. We are, we are one. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. There's so much. I qualify to carry the glory. Mm. Qualify. I qualify. Tell your neighbor, say, I qualify. Mm. And notice, we read there in Colossians, who did that? Who revealed that mystery? God. God. That's, what, that's why you want to make much of your salvation. It's, it's not a light thing. It's, it's, not, it's not just something trivial. When someone says, well, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. They're, they're saying they don't qualify. They're saying the blood was not enough to qualify them. And they make little of their salvation. Well, brother, I'm nothing. Listen, I'm nothing in myself, but I'm much in God. God qualified me. It's not pride to say God qualified me. It's pride to say I qualified me. I didn't qualify me. God qualified me. I didn't do it. God did it. Amen. Say out loud, God qualified me. Romans 8, verse 29. See, and, and that's, where, that's where so many religious people have such a problem. Is that they don't see themselves qualified. And when you don't see yourself qualified, you never partake of the power benefits of, what, of your redemption. You don't partake of it because you don't feel qualified for it. Amen. But God qualified you. Every person that you know that's born again will say they couldn't save themselves. If you couldn't save yourself, here's what that means. Is that you didn't have the power to do it. But God did it. And the moment He did it, He qualified you to carry the glory. If you're born again, you're a carrier of the glory whether you know it or not. You're a walking breathing temple of God Himself. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's why, and, and I'm not going to stay here, but, but that's why in a lot of churches you have people that are constantly falling back into bad habits and falling back into other things because here's, here's the thing. If you think you're just a sinner, sinners don't have power over sin. Safe folk have power over sin. I'm saved from sin. And when we think that, we say, yeah, saved from hell. No, 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 no. I'm saved from the power of sin. I'm saved from the dominion of sin. I'm saved from the slavery of sin. I am a free man. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Where the Spirit, where the glory of the Lord is, there is liberty. Not just in a service. In my life. In my life. Paul said, God be thanked, I was the servant of sin. But when I got born again, I became the servant of righteousness. And therefore, sin shall not have dominion over me because I am not under the law. I am under grace. I'm not under qualifying for myself. I'm under qualified by God. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Say out loud, I qualify. I qualify. Amen. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? that? That's why when we say God did something that we couldn't do for ourselves, you know, there are, there are people, you know, maybe somebody in this room today, before you got saved, you decided to try to clean your life up a little bit. Right? I, I'm, I'm going to be a better whatever. But you, but you didn't have any help. You didn't have anybody that could qualify you. Hallelujah. Right? Be, being, being a good person is not qualification. Because that goodness is only skin deep. Because it has a limit. The Bible says that the love of God and the goodness of God is unfathomable. It has no end. It has no bottom. It has no top. It has no boundary. And that's what you carry. Glory to God. Romans 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be, the Son might be, the firstborn among many brethren. Now, the Amplified says, For them he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand. He also destined from the beginning. Now, them is everybody. This is important to understand. Because there are denominations that, that preach an extreme predestination. All right? Uh, pre-election. And it's only a certain group. And if you're predestined, great. If you're not, so sad. This is everybody. All right? God foreknew everyone. God was aware of everyone and loved everyone beforehand. And he destined them or predestined them from the beginning to be, now here, watch this, to be molded into the image of his son. Wait a minute. And share inwardly his likeness. That he might become the firstborn among many brethren. Now look at that. We are molded into the image of Jesus. And inwardly we share his likeness. Oh, hallelujah. My spirit, your spirit, our spirits are perfect. They look just like Jesus. Hallelujah. See, there's, there's where people make a mistake. They look on the outside and they say, well, I could never be like Jesus. You already are. You're already formed in His image in your spirit. You're already wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost. You're already in the image of God on the inside of you. You're a carrier of the glory. Where do you carry the glory? In your spirit. Hallelujah. We share inwardly His likeness. I look like Jesus. I look like the Father. Father. 
Hallelujah. Remember when Jesus said, he said, I and the Father are one. What did he pray in John 17? Father, that they might be one just like you and I are one. If Jesus was one, did Jesus look like the Father? Yes. Philip said, Master, show us the Father. Jesus said, Philip, have I been such a long time with you? When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Is that right? Hallelujah. Somewhere down the line, religion has convinced us that we can't say things like that. Well, here you go. I am the Father. We're one. Well, you're making yourself like Jesus. No, I'm not. If, if my elder brother is one with the Father, I'm one with the Father. Is Jesus your brother? Is God your Father? If God is your Father, you came out of God, you have the same glory that God gave Jesus, you have the same Spirit that God gave Jesus, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The very same one. Not, 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 a, a, not a degree lower. Jesus' spirit's not 100 proof and ours 88 proof. It's the same. Hallelujah. Whew. It's important. Because it changes the way you view things. It changes the way you view life. It changes the way you expect things. It was foreordained, it was prearranged that when we were born again, we're not only saved from sin, but we're molded into the image of Christ. Mm. Now, did that happen? In our spirit, His likeness, we're His siblings. Why? Because God's our Father. What does that mean? We have the same DNA. Whew. Listen, I, I'm trying to make this as simple as I can. If they took a DNA sample from Jesus and took a DNA sample from you, it'd match. You'd have the same Father. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, you believe that? Well, listen, if they want to see, if they want to check, <laughs> right? If they want to find out who a child belongs to, hear me, whose DNA do they check? And if he's the father, there's a match. Is God your father? What's 1 John say? Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Is that a metaphor? Is that just a Christian colloquialism? Or did it really happen? Did my spirit come from God? We're just like Jesus in this sense. I came out of the Father, and one day I'm going back to the Father. Hallelujah. That, that, that's why Jesus would not leave the earth. He, he, he told the disciples, excuse me, before he left the earth, he said, I'm going away, 
But I'm going away and I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the mighty Holy Ghost back. And that same spirit that raised me from the dead is going to investigate, is going to embody me and it's going to come into your spirit. And the greater works that the greater works that I told you you could do, you're going to do them because I'm going to the Father. Hallelujah. Woo. Look at verse 30. Now, before we move on, who did all this molding in the Father? He foreordained me. He predestined me. He formed me. He molded me. Notice what it says. To be molded into the image of His Son and share inwardly His likeness. But religion writes songs like, He's still working on me to make me what He wants me to be. You've already been made what He wants you to be. Here's the issue. People look at their unrenewed mind and they call their unrenewed mind them. You're supposed to bring your unrenewed mind under the authority of your spirit. And and every day you're renewing your mind. Well, what's renewing your mind? You're thinking like who? The God that's in you. That's why he gave us his word. I can go to his word and see how he thinks. And I can conform my mind to this. This is the written explanation of what happened to you on the inside. See, he wrote it down. This is what happened to you. You were molded into the image of Jesus. Mm. You share inwardly his likeness. How does it feel to know you look like God? I have his likeness. I have his DNA. You know, when you, you look at a child out, out of a marriage union, they might have one, more characteristics of, of, of one than the other. Amen. But here's the bottom line. If I walk into the room with my boys, with, I walk into the room with my son, he may not look exactly like me, but you know he's mine. Because there's a likeness. There's an image there. Amen. And the Bible says this. It says that when you got born again, that you bore the image of the earthy. That you bore the image of Adam. But after you were born again, it says you bear the image of the man from glory, Christ Jesus. The old man died. That's why you had to be made new. That's why you had to be recreated in whose image? God's image. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 30, the Amplified Bible, and those he thus foreordained, he, he, notice, he also called. And those who he called, he justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself. 
Now stop right there. Who put me in right standing? Is that right? Who made me righteous? God did. The Father did. Who justified me? What, what, what does that mean? Qualified me. He did it. He qualified me. He made me righteous. He justified me. Amen. And those he justified, oh, he also glorified. Now, wait a minute. Did he do that or he's going to do it? I have been glorified. What, what, what does that mean? It means raising them to a heavenly dignity. Raising them to a heavenly condition. Raising them to a heavenly state of being. Already happened. Already occurred. Amen. Hallelujah. See, it changes the way we, we were singing that song today in praise and worship practice. I don't walk like I used to walk. He made the difference. I don't talk like I used to talk. He made the difference. It, cha it changes everything. Because I have a whole new state of existence. Oh, hallelujah. Every person on the planet. Now, now notice this. Before I get into that, notice this. He justified, he acquitted them. He acquitted them. Well, when you're acquitted, it means you're found not guilty. Mm. And you were made righteous. Now, very often in, in churches, righteousness, righteous, is not used in the context that's appropriate. When you stand before a natural judge, charges are made against you. If you're acquitted of those charges, the judge, who? The judge declares you not guilty. Now, what happened right there? Well, I was found not guilty. Right. And you were also found to be in right standing with the court. Because I'm not guilty. Right standing. Righteousness. I am in right standing with God. Your past, <laughs> think about this, you really don't have one. Not you. The dead guy does, but not you. I, I don't have one. Because the old me was not conformed to the image of the sun. It was not an exact representation of the sun. Right? I don't have a past. Think about this. See, this is how people have to think about it. They'll say, well, this is what I used to do. You, you didn't. The dead guy did. You know what stops people from getting healed from their past? Is they still say they're that person. And if you're still that person, you're going to hang on to what that person did. But when you say that person's dead, that person doesn't exist anymore. 
I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but all the mistakes I made. No, all the mistakes they made. You hear what I'm saying? People say, yeah, but pastor, you know, no, 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 no. Either you're going to think that way or you're not. Some of you, before you got born again, you were uh, addicted to one thing or another. Alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. All right? That, what's that? Yeah. But when you got born again, now think about this. And we read last week Galatians 2.20. When I got born again, I was crucified with Christ. Now, here's a very elementary question. What happened to Christ when he was crucified? What happened to him? In, in, the, natural, in the physical, what happened to him? He died. If you were crucified with him, what happened to you? You what? Do you know the Jesus that went into the grave? <laughs> was a different Jesus that came up out of the grave? Because he went into the grave not glorified and came out of the grave glorified. Is that right or not? Amen. You, 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 went into the, you went into the grave when you gave your life to Christ. All of that happened at once. When you gave your life to Christ, you went into the grave whatever you were. But when you were raised by the Spirit of God, you weren't raised what you were. You were raised new man in Christ. So in reality... You don't have a past. I'm going to show you this from the Word. Now, 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 we give God glory for deliverances. But when you read Pastor Michelle's book, Escaping Hell, she doesn't talk about herself like that person. I'm a new creature in Christ. That's what the old person did. But she said, I can take you to the place that Michelle died. And where the new Michelle came to life. I can take you to the place where I died. And Christ came alive in me. Amen. And so you're constantly renewing your mind to who you are. That's step one. I'm not who I used to be. I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't go the places I used to go. Why? Because this, this new man doesn't have any pleasure out of that or any enjoyment. I don't know anything about that. I'm a new creature. Remember when Brother Hagin told the story? And he said that he had, he had, he had been off the deathbed for a number of uh, months now and and some of his buddies were talking to him one night. One guy, they were sitting there stuck talking on the running board of a Ford, of a, of a Ford truck, Ford car. And uh, the guy said, uh, you remember when we did this and we broke into that store and you, you uh, picked the lock and we got in there and got some candy? And he said, I looked at him and said, well, Lefty, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, you do too, Kenneth Hagin. You were right there. He said, no, that man's dead. And the guy said, no, Kenneth Hagin, you almost died, but you didn't die. You're alive. He said, no. He said, that man's dead. He said, I never did that. Well, you know, his friend just shook his head and couldn't understand it. Well, think about that. What does new mean? Do you know anything new doesn't have a past? If you're wearing a new pair of shoes, you bring them home, they're new. They don't have a past. They don't have any, they don't have any miles on them. 
They don't have a past. When you sit in a new car, it doesn't have a past. When you bring a new baby home, you don't have a past. It's new. Right? Well, what happened to you when you got saved? You were what? Born? 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 What does that mean? You were born one time in the natural. But what happened to that guy that was born in the natural? He died. What happened to you? You were born. If you were born again, what were you? What? Without a... I qualify. Because I don't have a past. Amen. What if, what if we, what if we, what if we teach these things to our children when they're two and three and four and five? What if we teach it to them then? Instead of preaching that old garbage that, that the church always preaches, well, you know, kids will grow up and they'll get away from the Lord and you know, but we have a promise that they'll come back. Well, we do have a promise that they'll come back. But what if, what, what if we teach them that when you got born again, you're a new creature and you never have to be stained with the garbage of the world? Because you look like Christ on the inside. How much easier would your Christian existence have been if you would have believed you don't have a past? Because what do most Christians fight? Their past. Their failures. Where they made mistakes. I'm helping somebody. If nobody else, I'm helping myself. And if I'm not helping you, I'm going to go home and eat something anyway. So it's just, it's just it's a peanut or something. <laughs> Amen. Think about that. You know, being a pastor, all the years I've been pastoring, I've watched people deal with guilt and shame and condemnation. And pain from their past. And how do I get over my past? That, that guy died. That's how you get over it. He don't exist anymore. All the hurts, all the pain, has gone. I'm a new man. The old man is dead. <laughs> this guy's carrying the glory. Hallelujah. And, and here's something else. If you don't have a past, the past can't affect you. Because that's not me. How can you want something you never wanted? Does that make sense? I, I watched my wife, you know, Pastor Michelle and I, we got married one year after her salvation. One year. And uh, uh, she was only born again one year. And, you know, the night that she got born again, she went back to the home that she was staying in, and she took all of, all of her uh, drugs, all of her paraphernalia that she had, and just got rid of it. Flushed some of it down the toilet, threw some of it away, and never, listen to me, she never had a relapse. She is free 32 years and never had a relapse. Here you go. Never desired to go back. And if you read the book, she, was, she wasn't a recreational user. 
You understand? It was every day, all day. And in one moment of time, free. Isn't that great what the Lord did? It is great what the Lord did. How did the Lord deliver her? Now think about this. Think about this. He did, we say, well, he took the desire for drugs away. Mm, no. The person that had the desire for drugs died. And a person that had no desire for drugs came alive. You have to be taught that you want what you used to want. Well, you know, you got to watch your flesh because it's always going to want to go back and it's always going to want to do this. And, and you know what? Then you got a whole church full of people that want to backslide and you got a whole church full of people that want to play games with God. But when you teach people that they're carriers of the glory and they're not, not only is there nothing back there that you want, the want to to go back has been taken out of you. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that when you got born again, you didn't want what you, what you used to be. You didn't want that. Somebody had to tell you that you should want it. Hallelujah. You know why I don't watch dirty movies? I don't want to. And you know why? Because this guy's never watched them. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? You know why you married men in here, you know why you don't want to commit adultery? Because, be, because you don't want to. Because you've never done it. Isn't that great? You know why, you know why when somebody asks you a question, the truth comes out of your mouth? Because you've never lied. Well, I have to lie. No, that dead guy lied, but not you. You're a truth teller. I'm helping myself. So when you receive the sacrifice of Christ, you're immediately acquitted of all charges against you. They don't exist. We, we talk about scriptures like he took them out of the way, nailing them to his cross. They don't exist. What I did does not exist. I'm new. I, I stand in the presence of God like I never sinned. Why? Because I haven't. And, and that's why I said, if you miss the mark and you sin, repent, and I'll be faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse you from all. Cleanse you. Notice it didn't say cleanse you from sin. It said cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So what does sin do? It affects your righteousness. It affects your standing with God. Not between God and you, between you and God. You got to be cleansed from unrighteousness so that you will go back boldly into the throne room. See, it doesn't bother God because he said, repent and I'll forgive it. Where do I have to go to get forgiveness? Into the throne room. Well, Pastor, you know, you sound like you're a little bit light on sin. I just gave you the I just gave you the death blow to sin. I'm not light on sin. I'm hard on sin. 
I'm just not hard on sin in yourself. I'm not up here telling you how you got to sweat and you got to you got to strain and you got to do you got to fast 45 days a year to try to beat that thing and that sin is just so hard and you got to do this and you got to pray 6 hours a day and you got to do this and you got to do that. No, you just got to believe I'm a carrier of the glory. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Amen. You need to fast, but you're, you're not fasting to try to qualify. You're fasting to honor God. Amen. I fast. You should fast. But the thing that I'm trying to explain to you is religion wants people going through all these mental gymnastics, and all they get at the end of that is a skinny sinner. Amen. With no, no more power than they had. Just hungry. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Hungry. <laughs> Need a hot dog or something. <laughs> now, I want to move on because i got to watch my time. I want to be uh, 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 cognizant of your time. Remember Paul in Romans 7? He said... And, and, and people read Romans 7, and, and religious people try to say, that's us. The thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't want to do, that's what I do. Right? That was Paul before Christ. Paul's saying, before Christ, the thing I wanted to do, I couldn't do. The thing I didn't want to do, I did. Right? And he said, when I tried to do right, what happened? Sin revived, and I died. Right? Last verse of Romans chapter 7. Who, who, who will deliver me from this body of death? This body of death. I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? That with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Notice what he's saying. He's saying, I, with my flesh, I will serve the law of sin. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, what's it say? There is therefore, there is therefore, in light of Romans 7, 25, that it's through Jesus Christ our Lord that I find the victory. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Is that right? And what happens to those that are in Christ? Now, now wait, oh, Lord help me. You got a moment? Religion takes this and says, see there, don't you walk after the flesh. You walk after the spirit. You buckle down and white knuckle it and don't you dare walk after the flesh. No. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Now watch. Because them that are in Christ do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Know what it says? Are you free or not? So I want you, when you leave here tonight, to not try to walk in the spirit, just walk in the spirit. Don't try to not walk after the flesh, just don't. Because you're in Christ. Is that what it said? 
Amen. Because I've watched people over the years, bless God, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I did it. Oh, I did it. But bless, I'm back on my horse. Bless God, I'm not going to do that again. Oh, I did it. Brother, pray with me that I won't do this again. God, help my brother. Help him to put his flesh to death. Help him, Lord. Hallelujah. I had a guy come to me one time, and he said, I want to quit smoking. I said, okay. And he said, uh, I said, well, let me help you with that. He goes, okay. I said, uh, when you go to buy, when you go to light up another cigarette, and he looked at me. You know, because he thought I was going to have him stomp him. You know, to do the Pentecostal dance on him. And stomp them. Well, you know, I mean, right? Most of those guys that stomp their cigarettes, within an hour, they're down the store buying another pack. So I said, here's what you do. When you light up another cigarette, and he looked at me like, I said, yeah, when you light up another cigarette, here's what I want you to say. I don't like these. I don't even want to smoke. I don't care for the taste. I don't care about it. I said, after lunch, you know, when you really want a cigarette and you're lighting one up and you're taking a long drag, I said, you just say, thank you, Lord, I'm free. Thank you, Father, I don't even like these things. I said, when you go to buy a pack, a new pack, you know, you know how you used to do, you know, and you're popping them on your hand. Amen. Just pray in tongues. I don't even like these. I don't even like these. Amen. You know, he came back to me in a few days, and he said, Pastor, I don't even want cigarettes anymore. Now, what, now what, now what happened? He let him start talking. I don't want these. I is not this. Do you, do you realize if you leave this, this dies? Hold your hand out like this and say, this is not me. I am not this. This carries me. True? This will get addicted to whatever you let it get addicted to. This will never be new till we go to glory. Till we go to heaven. Right? This wasn't made new. You were made new. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? And so you got people that are trying to defeat the flesh in the sin. When they qualify or, or defeat the sin in the flesh. When they qualified to be the carriers of the glory. And if they would just let the glory operate, the glory would burn the desire out of them. Now, I don't have time to go here. we got some more verses. But read the Old Testament. What happened when sinful man encountered the glory? What happened? He got burned up. Why? Sin can't contact the glory and stay intact. That proves you're not a sinner. Because you're carrying the glory. 
But if you let the glory operate in your life, it'll burn that junk out of your life. I don't walk like I used to walk. <laughs> look, look at Romans 8.33. I'm hurrying a little bit. That means absolutely nothing. But I, I do want to be cognizant of your time. Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now I want you to see this. It is God that justifies. Now, you'll even hear that in the world. You can't judge me. Only Jesus can judge me. Well, that's not what it's talking about, right? That person saying, I'm going to live ever how I want, and you can't judge me. Only God will judge me. Boy, they're in for a rude awakening, because he will. But it says this, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? I want you to see that. God's elect. Now think about this. God elected you personally. Think about that. Now God has elected every person on the planet. Every person's not going to receive it. But remember I told you how people talk bad about themselves? They are talking bad about someone that God personally elected. He personally elected and chose you and chose to put the glory in you. Right? Romans says, God, that we have not received the spirit of fear again unto bondage, but we've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God. I, I studied that out in depth one year, and it means this, that God came, and when we think adoption, He didn't adopt you because He felt sorry for you. He chose you. There's a difference between feeling sorry and loving someone. I give to my child because I love them. I help other people sometimes because I feel sorry for them. Right? God didn't feel sorry for you. Here's why. God's just. You put yourself in that position. Right? And God knew that. But what did he do? When you said, Father, I'm ready to change. He said, I choose him. Right? God's elect. Say out loud, I am God's elect. It's God that justifies. One translation says, who will bring an accusation against the chosen ones of God? Another translation says, who would dare to accuse us whom God has chosen? The Amplified Bible says, who will come forward and accuse or impeach those whom God has chosen? Will God who acquits us? Nope. We were acquitted of all charges against us, and then we were made righteous. God placed us in right standing with himself, which qualified us to carry the glory. Notice again and again and again, God did it. God's chosen. God's elect. God acquitted. God declared not guilty. And uh, hallelujah. Romans 8.30 right there. We talked about who he did predestinate. He called. He justified. He glorified. The New English Bible says that he has given us his splendor. So in other words, we carry the same glory the Father gave Jesus. That's evidence the Father is for us. He's on our side. 
because I carry the glory. Now look at this last verse here, Romans 8, 31. What shall we say then to those things? Now this is important because this next phrase is in the light of everything he just said. If God be for us, in other words, we look at all that he said. He called us, he justified us, he glorified us, he made us righteous, he acquitted us of all charges against us. That is proof God's for you. But you'll hear people say, doesn't God care? He saved you. How how could you ever say that? Doesn't God care? Well, what did he do for you? He qualified you to carry the glory. Right? If God be for us, who can be against us? One translation says, if God is on our side, who can there be against us? The Norley translation says just this. If God is for us, what does it matter who may be against us? God acquitted us. God made us righteous so we could carry the same glory Jesus carried and so we could share inwardly his likeness. That's what you got to focus on. Who you are, not who you were. What you are, not what you were. Amen. Amen. I, uh, for years, for years, I dealt with, uh, uh, in the addiction community, for years, taught recovery classes. Uh, we had a, a ministry called the Recovery Room, and for years, I dealt with it for, I, I had a class in uh, the Johnson County Adult Detention Center for 12 years, and, and I taught, and, and, and I taught, uh, used a lot of 12 steps, but my point is, is this. When, and, and I don't know how much you know about that, but uh, uh, the very first step of the 12 steps, you can say of Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever, Overcomers Outreach, is this. I have admitted that I am powerless over whatever, and my life has become unmanageable. Very first step, all right? Well, those 12 steps are based on the Bible. The man that started uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill W. Uh, he got help through a guy that was that was a part of the Overcomers Outreach. Overcomers Outreach uh, was was uh, uh, biblically based, and he came up to the hospital and prayed with Bill W., who was in there for acute alcoholic poisoning, and prayed with him, and he got saved and got delivered. And he started going to Overcomers meetings, and they taught him how to overcome through the Word of God. He put it in the 12-step format so that sinners would come because some of the sinners were put off by the biblical uh, 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 emphasis. But here's my point that I'm trying to make. The first step is I have admitted that I'm powerless over alcohol and my life has become unmanageable. That's the first step. That's not where you stay. There's more steps. The last step is having had an awakening Because of these 12 steps, we are determined to take this message and see others free. Now, here's my point. I've watched this over the years. In in all my my classes, we didn't go around the room. People people would come and and that were used to doing it the the wrong way, and, and I'll watch them. There'll be guys coming there that haven't taken a drink in 30 years, and they will stand up and say, my name's Jim. 
and I'm an alcoholic. You've seen it, right? They haven't drank in 30 years. Here's my thing. On, in the outward sign, what would constitute an alcoholic? Somebody that drinks all the time. They haven't drank in 30 years, but they're still calling themselves an alcoholic. Why? Because they're an alcoholic inside. And they're taught in, in order to have victory over it, you got to just call it like you see it. But we would go around the table and say, I'm an overcomer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, my point is, those guys that would constantly call themselves an alcoholic, it was inevitable they would fall off the wagon. Recovering. Because they're, set, they're setting themselves up for it. But it was also inevitable the people that say, I'm an overcomer. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm, right? They walked free. Hallelujah. We're using the context of sin, but you fill in the blanks. But I'll say this. You don't ever have to commit the transgress that the enemy fights you with ever again because that's not in your past. That, that's not in you presently. That's in your past. You're a carrier of the glory. Amen. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I believe, I believe you got something out of that. I did. Oh, hallelujah. Whew. He made a difference. Oh, hallelujah. And when, when you start talking like that, I've had people talk, tell me, well, you just think you're a little Jesus. But I didn't call myself that. The Bible's the one that said I've been made in His image. Conformed to His image. I'm of the God class. So are you. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for ministering to your people. Thank you for ministering the word to us. Thank you that we see that we qualify to carry the glory. We give you the praise for it in the name of Jesus.